hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, it was a beautiful day, a little bit, uh, 14 degrees, it was raining, but it was gorgeous. I loved it. I was indoors most of the time, but anyway. So today we are uh, going to do something very interesting. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been, uh, it's an honor to have you listening to me. Uh, please take a, a paper, a pen and write down notes because we're going to have a lot to talk about today. We were supposed to talk about uh, Indian partition and how um, the Hindus were blamed for all the mess that was created by the Congress. We're going to put that for a second episode today, but right now we're going to talk about something that I came up. I just had to talk about it because we talked about the Gyanwapi Mosque in the previous episodes. I'm going to talk about another mosque that is important, um, that is also uh, on, on a longitude, on, a lat uh, on a, an area that is very astronomically, geologically important. And that is Makkah. And I've told you in, in a previous chapter, if you want to go back on these podcasts, uh, Makkah is a Hebrew word. It is in the uh, Old Testament. Uh, it is mentioned many times in the Old Testament. And uh, the reason it's mentioned is because it's it means, uh, Makkah means, uh, source, S-O-A-R-E-S. So the Old Testament was written down in the Sinai or in the in, in the Levant. This is a very seismic zone. It's sitting on a fault line and the fault line goes right down from below the ground, the earth, uh, the Sinai, right up north uh, to um, Greece and the territory, southern Mediterranean. It's because there are two tectonic plates that, uh, that are... Um, rubbing against each other and the friction of that causes um, seismic events, volcanic eruptions, um, it causes a lot of uh, earthquakes and as a result of which there are always uh, uh, geological events, um, like I said eruptions, the uh, area is covered with ash very often and people uh, die in these uh, volcanic eruptions, um, there's pandemics, there's plagues, there is loss of life, there is an interruption in human the human chain, the food chain, and people get sick and they develop sores and medical issues. And they were not able to reduce, to, to kill those sores or to cure the sores. And they were always inflicted with sores in this region because of the geographical and the geological area. Uh, as a result of which, one particular time they happened to hide in the Sinai Desert, and and that and they saved themselves from this pandemic, the seismic eruption that happened um, in the Levant when when the Israelites fled from uh, as slaves from Egypt, and th from that because they were saved, they thought that God had helped them. They invented the religion of Judaism. And guess what? Um, we now have three religions, but Makkah actually means sores. And people with sores uh, were treated as outcasts. Uh, they were sent to encampments outside the urban areas uh, where they could, no one could reach them. There was no, there was just water. Maybe if there was water, maybe little, no food, if some food, if someone brought, if not, there was no food and they were sort of left there to die. Uh, and these encampments became makkas. So in English, they're called leprosy colonies, makkas, and they are in the Old Testament. Uh, if you want to 
checkupbible.com uh, and type Makkah and you will get uh, the Hebrew version, you'll get the word Makkah. Um, is also the chapter of Levictus in the Old Testament where you can see how uh, people in these Makkahs, uh, in these uh, encampments, leprosy colonies were treated. There were leprosy colonies all over Europe, North America, Japan, there were in the Philippines and all over the Middle East. Uh, now, I'm talking about this because we want to talk about Makkah today. Makkah is sitting on a very important geological uh, fault line. And I'm going to explain what these fault lines are around the earth. So we've talked, we, we will see what a fault line is and we'll explain to you uh, why this is so important that I'm explaining to you. So if you, um, if you notice um, along the earth, the earth is, is, is circular. Okay, it is not a flat territory. Uh, it is completely circular, and along the earth you have longitudinal lines. Okay, but there are also cracks in the earth's uh, surface uh, where tectonic plates below the earth um, meet, and you have these fault lines over all over uh, the earth. There is also something called ley lines. Okay, um, now if you want to know what are ley lines, um, the ancients and Vedas, they knew about this. Okay, but in, in modern um, linguistics, it's called ley lines. Okay, you can look it up in, in, on Google, L-E-Y. Okay, so to explain further, a certain Sir Alfred Watkins, an Englishman, invented the concept of came across the concept of ley lines in the early 1920s. Ley lines are apparent hypothetical alignments around the globe that align a number of places of significance like ancient monuments, religious places, megaliths, in the geography and culture of an area in perfect symmetry. The term was invented in relation to the British landscape, which is now used by people who believe that these lines and their intersection points resonate a special psychic or metaphysical energy. Today we have come to realize that there are ley lines across the globe. While some believe that these points harness energy or have a high magnetic field presence around them, most people are not even aware of their listings. Uh, if you want to join the debate or understand it, you can go to www.ancient-wisdom.com. I repeat, www.ancient.wisdom.com. Or you can go to crystallinks.com. So C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-I-N-K-S dot com. Uh, all of these ancient civilizations of our planet, such the native Indians of, the, of North America and South America, the Druids of Europe, the ancient civilizations of Europe, the people of the Vedic age were all aware of these ley lines. One important concept of these ley lines bring up around the earth is the concept of an isohedron. In geometry, an isohedron is a spherical object that has 20 faces. Each has an equilateral triangle, and each triangle has 30 edges, it has 12 corner points, and each vortex, uh, at each vortex, five edges meet. It is one of these platonic solids, 
And this concept is attributed to Plato. That's why it's called a platonic solid. However, every ancient civilization used this concept, okay, from time immemorial. Thus, the Earth is an isohedron grid. It's an energy field, and it's called an isohedron grid. One of the, on this grid are 12 vortices, uh, one of which is the famous Bermuda Triangle. This theory is understood better when we understand the concept of a wild vortex. Now, you can, I can talk about these vortexes all along. There's a lot to talk about. But there are points on the Earth. Um, the Earth is an energy field. When, you, um, when a, an energy field is, is brought to life, if, you, um, if the liquid below the earth is disturbed that means if there's drilling if there is a, a huge disturbance in the in the end in the water field below the earth that then causes um this this energy grid to fall to form around the planet um and it's called an isohedron grid iso sorry i repeat that it's called an iso Hadron, an energy grid that's a magnetic energy field. Um, so the Earth's, like I said, the Earth's made up of liquids and gases. We've been digging below the surface of the Earth for oil and gas, gold and precious metals, and even to construct infrastructure with high-frequency drills and machines for the last hundred years. The vibration causes an energy field around the Earth to vibrate along these 12 vortices. Anything and everything within the trial triangle of these 12 wild vortices could mean disaster because it's an energy field and the Earth is an energy field. One of these is the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, so there are many, many fields around the uh, areas around the Earth and... Um, Along these ley lines, uh, some of these ley lines crisscross the, this energy grid, okay? No one has proven it, no one wants to prove it, but independent archaeologists and, and um, you know, researchers have done a little uh, work on it. You can Google it on, on the internet and, and you will find it out. Um, so... These ley lines, if you go to look at Europe, if you look at Europe, you will see in Europe churches built along these ley lines because most churches in, 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 in Europe are ancient Roman temples or temples from previous civilizations. Okay, and these churches were, these te temples were taken over by, uh, by the Roman civilization and then the Roman civilization became. Um, the Roman civilization became, uh, what can I say, um, um, Christian, and they finally became churches. So, um, the most famous of this is the St. Michael's Ley Line. Okay. Uh, and it goes from southwest England to uh, southeast England. So, south. Southwest, uh, you have Penance near Palmet, um, and you can go right up to southwest England, Yarmouth, 
and it crosses Gastonbury and it runs a little north of uh, of uh, of London um, and there's a clear link between the megaliths that are found in these areas and astronomy um, can also be said for these ley lines um, and they are there are many other um, important areas along these ley lines. One of them is Averbury and Stonehenge. If anyone has heard of Stonehenge, you can, I'm sure you can look it up. It's a beautiful place. Uh, the all geometrical, uh, geometric align uh, alignments along these ley lines, and they're very, very important. All the ancient, um, um, ancient civilization built along these ley lines so it was very known to the uh, ancient world the Incas used spirit lines uh, with the Inca temple of the sun in Kutso um, you have in you have them in Mexico the Mayans had it in Mexico um, Chichen Itza you have Chaco Canyon Bolivia um, and all these places built along ley lines I made a small list of it myself and some important, um, some important areas found on these ley lines, um, on these areas. Uh, I've spoken to it about it in my earliest of chapters. Easter Island, Olentambio Fortress, Peru, uh, Tia Junco, Peru, Nats, Nazca Lines, Peru. I'm sorry, I'm massacring the, the pronunciation with names. Chandelier, the Paracas, Peru, the Pyramids of Egypt, of Giza in Egypt, Yonaguni, Japan, Kutsko, Peru, Saskatchewan, the Pyramids of the Sun in uh, Tehuantecan, uh, Mexico, Stonehenge in Averbury, United Kingdom, La Penta, Mexico, Chichen Itza, we spoke about, Mohenjo Daro, uh, formerly uh, India, now Pakistan, in, in, also on the ley lines, Dwaka, India on the ley line, Kajira, the Angar Wat Cambodia. So these are all important uh, ley lines along the planet. Now, you'll, if you notice, all these important ancient structures are built along these ley lines, um, fault lines also. But what is important is that you, you will find many of these pyramids in Africa. There are plenty of pyramids built along, built, but it's all abandoned. There are so many pyramids in the ancient world still there. China there are, and they're always built on the banks of a river. Okay, so the highest point the, the, of the magnetic field between the river, uh, um, uh, closer, sorry, closest to a river is where they'll build this pyramid. So there always has to be water below. And if you notice that Taj Mahal is also built along the banks of a river on an, on, a, on, an, uh, on the 79th longitude. And I've spoken about this. I've put it up on my Facebook page, Religions, Regimes and Refugees. Um, so take a look at it if you haven't seen it. It is very important that Taj Mahal is sitting on, uh, sorry, latitude 78. And I've mentioned many places that are on this longitude. Uh, Humayun's tombs, Akbar tombs, the Agra Fort, Taj Mahal, Tamil Nadu, Tiru, Vanai Kamal, uh, Kedarnath, Kaleshwaram, Kanchipuram, Chidambaram, Sri Kalishti, uh, Tiru, Vanamalai, Rameshwan Temple, all along, along the 79. So these are electromagnetic centers um, known to the ancient world, and these temples were constructed with a certain geometrical and um, symmetric. Uh, 
reasoning behind them. We have lost that knowledge. Similarly, in Europe, they are called ley lines. They existed. People knew about it. The most common one is uh, the St. Uh, Michael's ley line. And there is a, a book that I found. It's called Sacred Places in Europe. There are 108 destinations written by Brad Olson, you just Google it, it's called Sacred Places in Europe, and it says the sacred places speak to us of lost civilizations along with the scat scattering of natural wonders and a few unsolved mysteries. Now, why do I bring this up? Okay, uh, because there is something else that is important. Makkah, okay, today Makkah is... Um, um, today, Makkah is a holy place of Islam, the most holiest place of Islam. And they say God brought us here, but that's not true. Makkah, at one place, this was a, 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 a colony what, which people were sick. It was, we call in English, a leprosy colony, but it was built. It was used by the ancients, by the Jewish people who... Uh, who um, and the Aramaic people of the Arab world during that time, who if someone fell sick, instead of looking after them, they had no other way of, of helping them. They would send them to these leprosy colonies, to these encampments. And there were plenty of them in the Arab world, plenty. Everyone has forgotten about them and pushed them under the rung. But it existed and they overflew onto the Indian subcontinent. And that's how you got uh, untouchables. Uh, but these are all from the Middle East with the Abrahamic uh, world. However, they all disappeared. There's only one left, but then the concept of it has changed. It's the current day Mecca. But why is this so important and why is this the only Mecca that has survived? Because it's something else besides a Mecca, besides a Kaaba, there's something else in. I'm going to talk about this. Very, very important. So if the Quran says the Prophet did not believe in joining groups or starting a religion for Mecca, then why does it exist? I've written, uh, I have talked about the cymatic zone in the Levant and pandemics it generated. So if the prophet of Islam was not take, taking part in any violence, then what was he doing? Okay. Um, so we spoke about, uh, remember, like I said, we spoke about people who were sick in ancient times, were stigmatized and had to escape from plain sight. Mixing with the regular population, especially around trade centers, was not allowed and went against the purity laws and you could get you killed. Uh, one of these places, uh, one would not even mention these places for fear of stigma and repercussions. So any place in the ancient Arabic Arabia, after the birth of the Abrahamic religions, if used by sick and infected people, would not be mentioned in literature or traditions to avoid the devil as it was known back then. And this was the encampment of Makkah. Now, Makkah, uh, what is important to note, um, is a city, okay? In it is the Kaaba. The most famous monument in Makkah is is the Kaaba. It was an astronomical monument. In, in ancient times, all monuments, like I said, were built on electromagnetic fault lines or in the vicinity and adjacent to rivers. Monuments like the Kaaba that we see today are mostly pre Islamic, okay, and only the tip of the iceberg of what this region originally offered. 
every ancient monument unlike today was built mathematically to mirror the cosmos on earth the story of the cosmos was to was told with the language of mathematics and astronomy astronomy is timeless hence all these monuments were aligned with the stars it could have been or it was almost certain to have been a bigger complex a british scholar called david king quoted in dan gibson's book the quranic geography uh, detailed the faces of the kaaba and said the kaaba along with its north west southeast axis to the rising star cannabis um, is the relationship between um, the, the building of the alignment of the kaaba and the cosmos the cannabis was a rising star in, in astronomy, the brightest star in the southern horizons. Roughly every 19 years, the crescent moon sits at a spot on the horizon, visible along the southeast side of the Kaaba. This lunar alignment is also found in many megalithic sites in Europe. Um, the star of the cannabis, the brightest star in the constellation of Agro Navis, is better known as the Great Ship. It is the second biggest star in the sky after Cyrus, which is closely aligned with, with the, the same longitude. The Greeks call the ancient star of cannabis Canobos, transcribed as Canobis in English, now universally known as Canopis. The Arabic title for this star was Suhail. The Vedic age, during the Vedic age, the star Canopus was known as Agastya. Agastya, as we all know, is one of the great rishis or inspired sages of the Vedic times. In the Avesta, uh, it is mentioned as pushing of the water forward, governing the tides. I mean, the force, the energy that's pushing the, the, uh, the, the tides uh, the energy that governs the tides, the currents of this earth. Since the 6th century, it has been known as the Star of St. Catherine, appearing to the Greek and Russian pilgrim devotees as they approached her convent and the shrine of Sinai. Uh, German astronomical books noted as Schiffstern or ship star. In Arabic, Suhail was the symbol of what is brilliant, glorious, and beautiful among the nomads. Suhail is applied, the term Suhail is applied to a very handsome person. Okay. During the Vedic age, it came to denote the ancient and most respected, severe, uh, revered sages or the teacher called Agastya, very influential scholar in diverse languages. As the cycle changed, the history repeats itself. The Kaaba is now associated with another learned man, it's a, a name Muhammad, a man who has ha had who, a man or a prophet who's made it his goal to teach people the sciences of life. Um, now, I research, so basically, we'll just go back. Uh, the Kaaba in Mecca is aligned on a, on a certain axis, uh, it's the northwest uh, southeast axis. To the rising star Canopus, okay, C A N O P U S. It was known in the ancient world during the Vedic times, pre-Vedic times, and it, during Vedic times it was known as Agastya. The Arabs call it Suhail, and in the Christian times they they knew it under another name, and so on and so forth. Um, and I I did some work 
to try and understand um, why in this particular region. Okay. Um, sorry, I just lost my page a little bit over here. Um, so now I researched on the internet for information about this region and found a study done by the King Abdul Aziz University showing a place called Wadi Fatima uh, along the Red Sea coast. Uh, slightly north of Jeddah, around along the Red Sea, 90 kilometers from Makkah. Uh, from Makkah. So, if you go on the Red Sea coast, perpendicular to Makkah is a is a small is is Jeddah, uh, uh, Jeddah, as you, as we all know. 90 kilometers uh, north of it is a small little area called Wadi Fatima. Okay, Wadi means valley. And Fatima was the daughter of uh, Muhammad and was named after her. Uh, this body runs the, uh, a region that is characterized by high magnetic field. Okay, a lot of seismic activity in this region uh, and high, so, uh, high magnetization. The body runs through a volcanic and metaphoric rock of the, uh, the Arabian shield. So the entire shield uh, on the west coast is, is, is volcanic and it's got metaphoric rock and, on, uh, and this town sits on that, uh, this region with a fault line. There's a fault line running through it. So from Wadi Fatima perpendicular uh, to the Red Sea, it goes inward. There's a fault line going inwards. Um, and this fault line then goes through Makkah. So Makkah is sitting on a fault line, and at Makkah, it takes a, a right turn up north. Now, this is a geo, ge, geological fault line. It's not something that's created by man. So from Wadi Fatima, it goes inwards, and at Makkah, it goes up north, and it goes towards uh, northern Saudi Arabia. So this would mean a high magnetic field around the Kaaba. The Zamzam that everyone talks about um, would have one point been a river. So there was a river running underneath. Um, while I disagree with the name of Zamzam, uh, we'll, we'll let it be for now because the Zamzam is a completely different topic. Uh, we'll, we'll let it be for now. We'll explain the geography. So at one time, this area was a tropical forest, okay? The entire region, the Arabian region, with the area turning into an arid desert, the rivers would have all dried up. However, water, uh, the water source remained. As everything else, river is a duality. The river is a flow of water above ground that mirrors the mirrors a subterranean aquifer below. So while the river above the ground has dried up, below the surface, the aquifer still remains. When the axis of the planet changes, the axis of the planet uh, changes again because of the Earth is rotational. The river will surface, just like the Saraswati. The river has now dried up, but it will come back. The river still flows below the Earth. Um, at the junction of the high electromagnetic field, a, a river and a river, the ancients built their temples and pyramids. Like on the Indian subcontinent, our temples were encyclopedias of knowledge, debates, schools, and universities. Something like the Angkor Wat in Cambodia, a place, um, um, some uh, a place where locals learned about astronomy and our electromagnetic cosmos, that cosmos which is which we're made up of. A cosmos that was cyclic, 
power from within, how to transition from one junction to another, how to balance the electromagnetic field. Without its knowledge, we have no chance of survival. Uh, so car the Kaaba would have once been part of a large scholarly complex where, school where pupils would have come from far and wide to learn. Due to this fault line in the Earth's crust, these fault lines were an area of high electromagnetic energy, which found a vent and a thrust upwards with higher intensity, like a garden hose. You bathed or immersed yourself in the water around you, your electromagnetic field would also be enhanced. So you took a dip in the water, and then you went into the carbo, you went around in this high electromagnetic field, and your energy field was, was slowly um, re-engineered, rebalanced, okay? However, if you have positive energy, you, it, your positive energy would be reinforced. If you have negative energy, your negative would be in, enhanced. The fault lines only carries your energy upwards but cannot change it. Water is a good conductor of energy, but water natural sources have hygienic properties to enrich your body with minerals that help you regenerate it. And that's why the Indian subcontinent is so important, called Hindustan. Hind comes from the word Sindh. Sindh means water or body of water. So we are surrounded by this water, which is... Um, which is a very good conductor of energy. People from the Indian subcontinent are highly energetic people. We know that. Uh, uh, we don't need to explain that. And because we are an energy field, a, a, a field of water, currents and waves, and that is what Hindutva is, Atva, all that lies in between these currents and waves, everything that makes up the packets and packets and packets of data and the layers and the layers that make us who we are. So if the Kaaba has an astronomical inclination, then it was built before Arabia became a desert, 100%. No one in this desert would have known how to build an astronomical monument um, that is um, an astronomical mon monument to this degree and just leave it there, okay, for caravans to pass by. So this is a pre-desert, uh, pre-Arabian desert, pre desert uh, monument. Uh, if the knowledge of the geomagnetism existed prior to this area becoming a desert, this means the original structure existed prior to our precession cycle without any doubt. So I've said we are we are cyclic, the Earth cyclic, we have precession cycles, and it takes the, the Earth 25,920 years to go around the cycle. We are halfway through the present cycle, about 13,000 years. So 13,000 years ago, uh, this area would have been... Uh, green and it this we would have known the science then and this would have been built prior to this procession cycle um at the turn of the of the procession cycle there's always a magnetic eclipse uh a magnetic eclipse with um is an eclipse with uh, it's like a storm it's a normal thunderstorm but it's a magnetic storm and anything with magnetic energy can just 
you know, take the lights off, so to speak. Imagine when you don't have currents at home. What does it feel like? Imagine the currents going out all over the planet because your planet is a magnetic field. Your energy source is a magnetic field. We know we, we can harness mag magnetic energy. And if there's a magnetic eclipse, everything goes out. Uh, so in this magnetic field at the turn of the of the procession cycle, uh, the pyramids would have been damaged. Uh, this pyramid could, could have been damaged and what was left was just the inner sanctum. So the locals would have still used it, rebuild it in part, if ever. When this area went desert, it disintegrated completely. No one remembers the past. However, the traditions and the stories trickle down. The Western Arabian plate encompasses at least 15 continental and volcanic plates. And they are called herat, or basaltic lava movements below the Earth. So there are 15 of these continental and volcanic uh, basaltic uh, movements, uh, plates. The Harat al-Madina, a volcanic region as part of the Harat Rahat and the Harat Ash-Sham, or independent volcanic fields um, exist along the Western Arabian Wall. Okay, the central axis of this of this wall, the swell, is referred to the to as the Makkah Medina volcanic line. Okay, so halfway through this Western uh, swell of the of the of the continental plates, okay, the Harad movement. Um, is the Makkah Medina volcanic line representing a north-south uh, fissure system 600 kilometers long, stretching from Makkah in the south to Medina, bordering the Al Nafud shield in the north. So there's the Al Nafud shield, and then you have the Makkah uh, fissure system in the fissure. When I say fissure, I mean F I S S U R E. Um, the Makkah uh, fissure system in the south and to Medina um, and, and onwards to Medina. Thus, there is a big possibility of earthquakes in this region causing damage to the ancient structures while eventually disintegrating it into dust over time. And the source of this is, an, uh, it's called, is a book called The Environmental Overview by Peter Winson. On doing research on this material in Makkah, I came across a book called Holy Makkah. Okay, um, an ideological book, a brief history and geography guide uh, prepared by a Sheikh, Saf uh, Sheikh Safur Rahman Mubarak Puri. Okay, uh, I think he is of South Asian origin. Uh, on page 25, they came across, they talked about the construction of Makkah. It's an old book. Briefly talked about uh, how Makkah was, the Kaaba was built five times, giving a typical ideological story of Adam and Abraham. Uh, however, on page 26, there were hand drawings. Now, this is just a book that I happen to fall upon. A first drawing showed a small hill, more like a pyramid structure. The second and the third drawing showed a small cube with small hamlets around. It, it consolidated, in my view, um, a point that I had for a very long time, even though it was a hand drawing, not a scientific evidence. There was something in Makkah prior to this region going desert. That means there was along the fault line from from which runs from Wadi Fatima along uh, near Jeddah inwards. There was, a, there was a river here and there was a pyramid at Makkah. During the, the turn of the procession cycle, this, uh, the pyramids would have been damaged. Um, and when this region got, 
when desert, the whole region was, was deserted and everything just crumbled to dust. The only thing that was left is the inner sanctum. And that's what we call the Kaaba today. In my point of view, obviously, uh, very much like the Grand Pyramid, you see the inner chamber, the king's chamber, the queen's chamber. And in the old temples on the Indian subcontinent, you have the Garbagraha. Okay, which is the innermost sanctum with a magnetic field, the magnetic energy is at its highest. So that's the Garbagraha. Um, and um, in on the pyramid in, in Mecca, the Kaaba would have been that Garbagraha of the pyramid. Now the 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 Makkah, the Kaaba that we see as much bigger than it was originally during during the time of Muhammad. It was much smaller and was rebuilt. Uh, that's what the story says. And was built multiple times and was uh, increased. Um, the way it works among the ancients were people who would be passing through would regularly stop to heal themselves of illnesses and pains, medical problems, or regain and rejuvenate their health. A dip in the hygienic water of the river near Makkah, uh, near the Kaaba, uh, in the vicinity, then circumambulation around the movement of the pyramid to align your, your energy re-engineer your, uh, your energy field along the axis of the magnetic field in conjunction with the geomagnetic poles of the time. Uh, so um, people who were passing by okay, with ailments, people, caravan trades, uh, they, the ancients knew that there was something here, even though the pyramids were gone, the region was gone, uh, destroyed, there was nothing here. But the stories trickled down that this was a healing place because of the fault line. What was actually healing is not God, is the fault line because we are in an electromagnetic field. Anytime we go to these high magnetic areas, we, we circumambulate and by circumambulation, we re-engineer a magnetic field. Uh, we we enhance it, uh, empower it, and then move on, and, and it heals. It heals from the inside, but you have to know how it works. The ancients knew it. We've taken it off our knowledge field, and now we've become dogmatic people, sick, continuously, fully sick. Um, it would have been up to us to connect the dots and align your sequence. Sorry, it would have been up to you. Hence, uh, the temple around would have been a center of knowledge to guide the inhabitants and the travelers passing by. But the climate changed. The region became an arid desert. The people dispersed. The locals lost their knowledge. However, some stories would have trickled down to the generations below as the ancients had elephant-like memories. So regular nomads along true with their oral traditions, remember that this location, Makkah, uh, would have been at one time a healing center. Uh, just like the temples on the Indian subcontinent, ancients could have been healed here. So they would have gathered around the well with some help and with some hope for some help. Uh, they were shunned away by the Abrahamic groups once they were formed. Muhammad, through his travels and the elders in his clans, would have come across these stories, passed through the generations, which were he used to connect the dots and help the generations at his time in need, as he and his clan took their responsibility to help that next generation. Uh, but, again, um, you know, 
over time we lost this and unfortunately um unfortunately we've come to where we are today but it will go as as we are cycles the cycles will form its waves its currents and waves and we will rise up once again but uh just to make you understand what um what the uh, fault line is um for people who don't know what circumambulation is we still do it on the indian subcontinent but the only place that does it in, among islam is at makkah because this is one place at one point in the electro um a pyramid in the ancients remember it would have been a pyramid or a temple some type of temple it would have been a pyramid and um it was finally destroyed um and and rebranded into a holy place of of a religion um so we know that the followers of islam circumambulate the kaaba seven times called tawaf t a w a f the what is a tawaf what is circumambulation um the entire north african arabian belt up to indonesia is what i call the vedic belt these regions had astronomical temples and pyramids but have disappeared the temple or pyramid at makkah was no different in vedic times the circumambulation uh, was called pradakshina i repeat pradakshina in the northern hemisphere the circumambulation is clockwise in the southern hemisphere it is anti clockwise when we move in a clockwise direction in the northern hemisphere we are moving with our natural energy forces the space around the energy field has a vortex which will reverberate one has to take a dip in the well or body of water close by then to go to the temple in a wet white garb worn by the priests and the pundits and in islamic times the muslim pilgrims the water became a high energy conductor of this context in this context while no other islamic mosque in the world offers the circumambulation this is because the kaaba was a pre-islamic pyramid a monument or convey or converted to a mosque by islam well it's still good to see that after 13000 years um since the last cataclysm the traditions have remained even with the destruction of what would have been once a pyramid or a temple uh, although the science and knowledge has been lost the traditions have remained um all our ancestors over the world had this knowledge while we have slowly moved away from this very core foundation of our existence this was thought in a very this was taught um in a, in in every educational center school university in the ancient world prior to our so-called religions of god otherwise known as abrahamic religions uh so this like i said this is the reason why i wanted very much to tell you that makka was once an ancient temple and an ancient uh, or pyramid it's a line the kaaba is aligned to the star canopus which at one time which in the arabic world is called suhail in the ancient vedic times it was called uh, it was uh, the the star was named after um agastya the sage agastya in ancient christian times there was also uh, saint catherine and every civilization had its own name but it's a very important star and on the ground the makkah the kaaba is sitting in mecca and mecca is sitting on a fault line that goes from wadi fatima um all the way inwards uh and at makkah it it goes up north and so this is a fault line and it's the only reason why of all the makkahs 
people here. Um, uh, this Makkah was the only one who remained, and although during Abrahamic times it was used for completely different purposes, uh, they would have thought that this would heal you from your um, sicknesses, the leprosy, and all the elements or caused and the diseases caused during the pandemics of this very seismic zone. And one of the reasons they had so much of this because of the seismic and the and geological uh, zone and and surface that they are sitting on unfortunately it's very difficult to to be in this zone um but the ancients would not have known um so absolutely this is what i wanted to say uh just one last thing um the islamic uh, movements islamic history says when makkah uh, when the prophet muhammad invaded makkah there were idols and he destroyed the idols okay how many idols were they okay how many idols does anyone know 360 idols. Why 360? Why not 20? Why not 25? Why not 55? 360. Because a cycle is 360 degrees. So for every angle, every degree, there was one there was one deity, there was one idol. And each idol was a deity telling you about the different uh, stops, the, the, the different energy fields, the chakras around you, uh, denoting something. Now, at that time, they would have probably forgotten what it was and, and, and just the idols remain, but the meaning would have probably not been there. But it still tells you a story of the 360 idols sitting around Makkah in a vortex, and this vortex is on an electromagnetic fault line. That means it's a confirmed given that this was at one time an ancient pyramid and an ancient temple. So here we go, another mosque uh, that is was an ancient temple and you will if you go to see every single one of them in these old temp mosques these old churches are sitting on electromagnetic fault lines if you go and and look it up and look at the the, uh, the coordinates you will see coordinates for all of them they match i hope you have a good time uh researching this i hope you've taken notes and uh, you can ask me any questions you want on Facebook, uh, religions, re regimes, and refugees. F spread the message. Have the discussion with everyone else, as many people as you can, five or more, and ask them to, to discuss this. The more we discuss this, the, the better it gets. The more we spread the news, the more we can deliberate, we can understand, we can uh, remove our negative energy, and we'll remove all our fears that we've had, and we'll be able to heal. So thank Thank you very much for your time. I hope you had a great day. Cheers and, and have a great evening.